Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. Man, I love this story. This is this is one of my favorite stories when it comes to the story of Christmas, the story of Jesus' birth. This is the story about these visitors that come from the East. When you study it out, you find out that these that we call wise men, right? These guys were actually coming from the region of Babylon, Persia, and we often hear three kings. Well, number one, we don't, I don't mean to mess with our nativity scenes here and, and, and some of our, our, what we hear often. There's three gifts, so we assume there's three wise men. We really don't know. The story doesn't really tell us if there's three representatives coming from the East. We just know that three gifts were given. It's very possible one had a gift and the other one had a gift, right? But we really don't know how many they were. The other thing is they're called wise men and some people um, also say kings. But we really don't know if we were just going from the text, if they were kings. What we do know is they're called the magi. The what? The magi. The magi, very much like what Daniel became when he was in Babylon. These were those in the court of the king that were giving counsel and advice. They were very much you know, knowledgeable about astrology and divination and, and certain things that even God forbid in the, in the Torah, right? Some people weren't supposed to practice some of these things that they were practicing. These were pagan people. These were not, these were not overt followers of Yahweh, the Lord. But somehow... Listen closely, family. Somehow, in the midst of their non-Judeo, uh, 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 non-biblical, uh, you may say, or even secular, uh, in the midst of their worldview, in the midst of their practices, God found a way to penetrate the light of the truth of the gospel, and they were open, and they began to search, and they began to seek, so much so that they decided, look, we're not just going to like hear about this by people coming from Jerusalem, we have to go and see this for ourselves. Can you think of the sacrifice it took to leave family, to leave friends, to leave comfort, to leave royalty, to take the long journey? Uh, I, I hear many different things, so I'm, I'm assuming it's at least several months' journey, at least. And they decided to take that journey, sacrifice, right? So they could go and experience, encounter the birth of Jesus. Go with me. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And let's just begin. I, the, the text was so beautifully read this morning. I want to thank um, our reader this morning. But let's go ahead back there again. Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says this. Now after Jesus was born, after Jesus was born, I'm stressing that because this is after Jesus was born. We often hear about the, the we, again, I'm messing with some of our nativity scenes that we grew up seeing, okay? Uh, if you go back to Luke, 
chapter 2, you see the birth story there. The shepherds, right, that, that came, right, they heard the angels singing and they heard Gabriel come and all of that. This has happened already. Mary and Joseph are still in Bethlehem, but this is some time. Maybe it could be up to a year. As we find out in a little bit, it may have been up to two years. But this is after the birth, okay? And so now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Matthew's making a point there. In the days of Herod the king, behold, here's our men, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. What are they saying? Saying in verse 2, where is he who has been born, who has been born, who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Well, you are discovering a few things right away. Number one, Matthew, by the way, is writing to a primarily Jewish Christian audience. These are Jews that have received Jesus as Messiah as their king, the long-awaited hope of Israel, and they've received him. And so now they're very familiar with the covenant promises that we talked about last week that were pointing forward to the coming Messiah, pointing forward to the coming king. He was supposed to come from Bethlehem. He was supposed to eventually live in Nazareth. He was supposed to reign on the throne of David. They knew all of this. They went to Sabbath school. They know. And so they're going, look, Matthew's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know who this person is. Now, now, if you watch the story as it unfolds, he's coming. And Jesus does this all the time. Listen, Seventh-day Adventists. You may know because you went to Sabbath school and you were in Pathfinders, but watch this. Jesus often takes you off guard. Oh, he fulfills what he says he was going to fulfill. But sometimes the how is what throws you off just a little bit, sometimes in a big way. So, so let's, let's read this very humbly because as, we, as we're going to see, there's some very interesting things that are happening here in the text. Okay? And so what's going on here is they come and they're expecting people just in exuberant worship. They're, they're coming. They're expecting people cheering. They're, they're expecting people to say, Hosanna, Hosanna, right? Christmas songs are just being written right there, right then and there, right? Oh, holy night. They're expecting paparazzi, social media to be a buzz. They're expecting everybody, when they come to Jerusalem, has been born, right? Everybody should be talking about him. Pause for a second. What do we know from Luke chapter 2? He came. Did he not? And what did the shepherds do after they witnessed, after they encountered this birth, this Christ child? What did they do? Let's go back one more. What did they do? Somebody talk to me here. Did they just quietly uh, mosey on back over to the sheep? Wow, that was really cool. All right. And get back to what they were doing? What did they do? The Bible lets us know. They could not contain that experience, and they had to tell everybody about it. And that was not very far. By the way, these were shepherds. Many believe these were Levitical shepherds. They were not far from Jerusalem where the temple was. So the sheep that they were tending were more than likely the sheep that were used for the sacrifices in the temple. Oh, there's a good news gospel sermon right in there. Okay, and here comes the real Lamb of God that comes. So they weren't far from Jerusalem. They were in Judea. The report went around. And it wasn't that long ago. Did people hear about a baby being born and announced by angels by this point? Is that likely, just by what we know from the text so far? If you're not going to talk, you can just nod yes or no. Yes. 
So it's likely. People, people heard about it. But where's the full orchestra? Where's the choir? Are these not Adventists? Were they not awaiting the coming Christ? Were they not awaiting? Was it not their whole system wrapped up in this Messiah who was coming and they were awaiting his advent? And by the way, something else we need to, um, when we dive into this, this setting, that we need to understand as we're, um, as we're unpacking this this morning. This was, you know, the, the coming of Jesus, uh, the, uh, the coming of the Messiah, right, and how they understood Messiah, right? They saw him primarily as a military commander at the time, government primarily. They wanted, they wanted the oppression of Rome to end. So that's what they were looking for, right? And, but, but, but was this kind of a surprise? Were they not? No. They, Messiah fever was high at this time. Now, you had different, uh, different flavors of it, right? You had some that wanted that, that military overthrow so bad, these were the zealots. They would kill, right? They kind of liked killing tax collectors, right? Because they were Jews that betrayed them and working for the Roman government, okay? So they were kind of like the militant. Hey, 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 we're going to get this kingdom set up. As soon as Messiah comes, man, we're ready to get the army together. You follow? Pharisees your quote-unquote conservatives religiously and politically, they were like, hey, when he comes, he's going to find us obedient to the commandments. Are you getting the different flavors that were going on here? Okay, so, so Messiah fever was high. So, so family, they were talking about it in Sabbath school. Hello, am I at your pew yet? The Pharisees made sure that they were practicing the health message. Am I in your row yet? Yeah, yeah, they were waiting for him, right? Oh, but here comes those, uh, oh, oh, you know, the, the, those Sunday worshipers. Oh, you know, those people that like to listen to that old, that old secular music. Oh, I know I'm going to step on some toes a little bit this morning. But that's all right. It's for grace, right? All right, so listen, listen. Uh, whoever it is that's in your mind, right? This, yeah, yeah. Here they come, right, telling me about what I learned in Cradle Roll. They think coming to tell me about the Sabbath and, and health message. Wait a minute. What all that's pointing to, who are they coming to tell me about Jesus and his coming? I need to, don't, they don't want me to pull out all my, all my Sabbath school quarterlies and drop all the verses. I'll tell you how, it's a, it's a literal coming, right? Every eye shall see. Don't let me get all Adventisty up in here coming to tell me about what I know. And they come not to rebuke them, although inadvertently they ended up doing that. They came to celebrate with them. They wanted to join in the celebration that should have been taking place. They wanted to join in and to usher in the Messiah. Right? And God met them where they were at and they were grateful, even though this group tended to be very exclusive. They said, I know they can be exclusive, but guess what? My focus is not on them. My focus is on their Messiah. And I know, oh, when we go down there, everybody's going to be going, Messiah, Messiah, Messiah. But what do they find, family? What do they find? No camera crew. No paparazzi, no celebration, no music, no Chris Tomlin music, no 
hymns. Nothing. The religious ceremonies were continuing. People were going about their everyday lives. They were still attending worship service on Shabbat, on Sabbath. They were going through the motions. They were quoting texts about his coming. But nobody was really seeking the person that was surrounding everything they believed and practiced. Here's our first thing that Jesus wants this morning. You know what Jesus wants for you for Christmas? As we're busy, and I got, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm preaching to myself, okay? But do you know what he wants this morning? First thing we find from the text. Jesus wants your witness. Listen, he wants your witness. And if you can't get it, he's going to find people that like to listen to Beyonce, and they're going to do it. He's going to find those that you say, oh, those Sunday believers, those Muslims, those immigrants coming up in here. I don't care. Whoever it is that you go, that you go oh, them, watch out. No, for real, watch out. Oh, Jesus says, if enough, I can't get them, I'm going to get some rocks. And they're going to shout it. And can I tell you something, newsflash? They already are. Like right now. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Um, I, this just came to me. Um, I have, not like I've been following him very close, okay? But you guys ever heard of anybody? Chance the Rapper? Nobody knows who that is. Chance the Rapper? Okay, Chance, Chance the Rapper. Hip-hop artist, whatever. All right. I just discovered this week that he took a hiatus. He's taken a break from the music industry, right? To spend a year just studying the Bible. And he's doing like face, I don't know, it's on live on social media, him in the Bible. He, I, this week, I saw a clip, he just went through the book of Galatians, read it verbatim for them right there, and then I guess maybe shared whatever his thoughts were on it. Be careful how we talk about them. Amen. Jesus died for them. Yes, yes, yes. And whether you are representing him well enough or not, he's going to manifest himself to them. And when they see him, they're going to follow him. They're going to follow him. They're seeking for him, family. They want him. Don't miss that. They want him. The person, Jesus. He wants your witness. What is a witness? Well, a witness is when you have, you know, we think of this often in court. And when we hear witnessing, you know, sometimes, sometimes uh, we need to peel back the, the layers of the onion so we can really understand. So we've, there's so many things we've attached to the word. Let's go witnessing. Let's go door to door. Nothing wrong with all those things that we often associate with the term, but... Uh, about a, to witness means that you've had an experience. You've had a what? Experience. You've had an experience because you've had a first-hand experience engaging your senses. You've seen it. You've heard it, right? You've touched, right? Uh, now you can tell a story or give a testimony about what you've personally experienced. The root word in the Greek for, for, for witness is actually, uh, I'm rusty here on the Greek here, but it's where we get the word martyr. To be a witness in the first century literally meant that you went around telling the story of Jesus, calling him Lord. Remember I said last week to say Lord was the equivalent in our context to say president. 
So by saying Jesus is Lord, or in our context, Jesus is president, you're in, inadvertently saying this guy isn't. It's dangerous to do that. Martyr, witness, meant that by telling the story of Jesus and testifying not just to the person, the story, but your personal experience with him, you were willing to die for that. Yeah. Witness. You've had an experience. I, I go to the barber. I love going to the barber. It's one of the best places to witness, actually. And uh, while I'm there, you know, the conversations that, that, that go on, and um, I love it when they just start, you know, maybe the sports is playing. Come on, guys. Any, any, anybody been in the barbershop? Yeah, and the sports is playing, and people start talking about their, their team, right? And that they, some of them may not even, may not even play, you know? Uh, some of them have never, never met any of the players, right? Oh, but they get so passionate when they start talking about their team. Oh, yes. oh man, they'll get in a debate. Yeah, some of them may get some pizza afterwards, but some of them not getting pizza afterwards. Like, oh, no, 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 you don't talk about my Redskins. Oh, no, you don't. Patriots, right? They'll forget all about some of the injustice sometimes going on in the NFL or wherever, whatever team. They'll forget about that. But I don't know, I've been playing this thing for however long, man. No, man, we got to, oh, did you see the stats? They keep in track. I'm like, how do you work? You got a job? Like, I'm, do you got any kids? Because I'm working. I got kids. I, I, there's things I love and want to keep up with, and I can't even keep up with it. Right? Even Chance. I, I just told, I, it was by chance that I heard about what Chance the rapper was doing, dealing with. Right? They, 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 they want to testify about what's going on. Right? Some of us in here lo love sports. Right? Watch this. I see more passion coming from some of us when it comes to sports. Look, I'm, I look, you know, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Many of us here are, we have different personalities. I get it. Some people cry, you know. Some people want to be vocal. Some, based on our cultural context and the worship setting, right, we want to talk back to the preacher. Yes, preacher, preach it. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And some of us, praise the Lord. One hand goes up. Yeah, it's all good. Okay. okay. Watch this. Bible embraces all of that because we're, there's, we're different. And that's okay. We have a different type of personality. But something has to be said about passion and enthusiasm. By the way, worship here, don't, don't, don't miss what I'm saying. Worship here is not relegated just to what happens here. By the way, the Bible, when it talks about worship, is very holistic. Life, your life. You're, 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 we're going to talk about that in a second. I'm getting ahead of myself. When you give witness to something uh, in this context, right? It comes because of a personal encounter and you're passionate about it. I gotta tell the story, not just one time. I'm gonna keep telling the story over and over and over again. And Jesus comes to the God in flesh, can't get a witness amongst his people who claim to want to see the kingdom come. Well, he got some. He found some wise men. They came. Look, this was dangerous. You just really think, put yourself there, right? You're coming into Jerusalem. There is a, and they called Herod a puppet king. He was really just kind of just working for the Roman government, trying to keep everybody happy. All right, trying to keep the Jews happy, trying to keep the Romans happy. You know, he also was ruthless. He killed his favorite wife. His reputation, King Herod. This Herod the Great, great builder. He's known for his building, right? He rebuilt the temple, all that kind of stuff. Um, even had what, three of his sons killed, all because he was nervous. Threat to 
him retaining power. Mm. Mm. Okay? He, 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 so he's there. And, and, and these ambassadors coming from, we don't even know what nation, but they're coming from the east. They come up in my kingdom? Talking about where is the king of the Jews? How, how do you feel? Put yourself in his shoes. Come on now, let's just be honest for a second. It's easy to judge him. Come on, put yourself in. Somebody coming up into your house, you're the father, you're the, you're the, you're the mother. Hey, where's the parent of the house? And you're standing right there, right? You're the manager on the job. Somebody comes and they come into your place. Hey, I want to speak to the manager. And you're like, hey, what do you think that sign is on my desk or at the door? That's what's going on here. So I can feel that. I can, somebody comes here. Hey, where's the pastor? I said, oh, they must be talking about Pastor Gary. Right? Which, by the way, let's keep praying for him. He's got a fever and been praying for him. Talk to them this morning. Okay? Uh, where, where's the youth pastor? Where, where, where's this pastor, associate pastor? Where, where, where's he at? I'm like, you didn't, you didn't read the bulletin? By the way, you should read your bulletin. Yeah. Can we feel that? All right, all right. So that doesn't feel so good. Plus, he's a very insecure guy. We can, we can identify with that. I'm just letting you know, this, this is a tense, political, it has all kind of implications going on here. But they still came to witness, and they said, where is he? And I could almost sense them going, what, what, no, no joyful singing? No, 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 I should even have to come and say, where is he? You should be like, here he is. Yes. Amen. So the mere fact they had to even say, where is he? Oh, Lord, have mercy, family. Can you imagine somebody coming up in here saying, where's Jesus? I don't see him. Where's, I'm not, where, where's Jesus? They should see him in the moment they come through the doors. They should feel him in your smile. They shouldn't be looking. <laughs> where is Jesus? They should just be overcome the moment they walk in. That's what's going on here. Ah, I love what Dr. Elizabeth Talbot, by the way, um, I love what she says in her little book. It's called Matthew, uh, Prophecy Fulfilled. Powerful. She says this. Oh, it really makes the point. Uh, short little book, but don't be deceived by, the, by the, the size. It's a powerful book on the Gospel of Matthew. And she says this. She says, uh, they have, speaking of, um, speaking of the scribes, the Pharisees, the religious elite down there in Jerusalem, right? Herod says, uh, can you just remind me of that Sabbath school lesson again? Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And she's commenting on that. And she says, they have the biblical knowledge, but not the worshipful spirit in Christ. Not, not, not that they didn't attend a worship service. You, you feel me? Okay. She says, that hurts. Yes, it does. Ouch. We can study the Bible, know the prophecies by heart. They said, oh, yeah, that's what the prophet said. This is where we can find them. They can give you the time charts. You follow? She says that, that you can know prophecies by heart, but still miss Jesus. Still miss Jesus. And still miss him. And still miss him, the one that it's all about. It's about a person. They didn't say, hey, come and tell me about that text about the Messiah. They didn't say, hey, come and bring me to the the sanctuary service where all that stuff is pointing to Jesus, right? The lamb and the blood and all that. Can you show me? Yeah, no, 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 no. They said, where is he? All that other stuff is designed to make this beautiful, compelling picture of him. And they came for 
him. And they're still coming for him. When they ask you a question about the Sabbath or what you believe or what church denomination you go to, believe it or not, at the end of the day, you know what they're really asking you? Can you tell me something about him? Because all that other stuff is designed to create a compelling picture. They go, oh, yeah, he's so amazing. Second coming, oh, I can't wait till he comes. The wedding, right? The bride, the groom. Ah, every day of our lives, not just during this season, Jesus wants a witness. Oh, there's so many things calling for our attention right now. There's so many commercials. Buy this, right? Get this. And I'm not against giving gifts. As we're going to see, some gifts were given during the story of the birth of Jesus. Uh, not, not about that. But, but the overarching sway, the overarching emphasis. Hey, I'm just letting y'all know, no judgment on anybody here. In our house, we tend to focus most of the celebration on him. There's all kind of other stuff that surrounds, you know, commercially, you know, traditionally, right? Not knocking anybody. I'm just saying we want to make the story. There's a time where, by the way, Auntie Ellen makes the same comment, okay, about the holiday. What do, you, what do we do about it? Yeah, she says, yeah, they're open to the songs and the story about him. So emphasize. Lift him up. Should be doing it anyway every day of our lives, right? Amen. Every day of your life. Don't put witnessing on like a jacket. By the way, you can't. Witnessing comes out of the overflow of your experience every day with Jesus. Have you seen him? Have you heard from him? What did he say to you? How did he get you through that rough patch this week? And however you're responding to that in life is witnessing. Either for the good or for the not so good. You witness anyway. So why not? witness to the goodness of God revealed in Christ in you. Yes? Amen. Now, we witness, we witness because of a particular type of encounter. And let's look at what the text is telling us about that encounter. As we move down, right, we talked about Herod. He hears about this. He's not liking this, this, this kind of uh, news coming in. Uh, and then he consults, right, with the, the religious leaders, and they say, oh, yeah, here's that Bible verse. I remember this from Crater Roll. Here it is, right? I remember this from Youth Sabbath School. This is what the Bible says. This is what the prophecy says, right? They know the texts. They're familiar with it. They teach it. Herod comes, verse 7. He basically says, hey, tell me, you know, to the wise man, hey, just give me the information, you know? Let, let me know when you find them so I can go in in worship. Hmm. He wasn't really going to worship, was he? No. Oh, by the way, notice, hmm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Help me, Lord. Notice nobody went except the wise men. Don't miss that. Oh, those that knew the verses didn't go. They told the non-Adventists, where to find the text, but they weren't going to find the baby. They didn't go to the one who it all pointed to. They didn't go. Now, we can also say, hey, well, you know, it was a tense situation. You got the king right there. He's feeling intimidated. This is the same guy that took out his favorite wife. The ambassadors came a long way. It was, it was not uh, politically correct, if you will. For them to do what they did and say what they did, but they went. 
Jesus was, was worth it to them. Look at verse 8. And he sent them to Bethlehem. They went and said, go, search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to, him, to me that I may come and worship him also. Mm. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced. Sorry, that word, I apologize. That word is an action word. Rejoice meant to leap, dance, jump around in a circle. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't Jews, so it's, you know, they didn't, they, they, they didn't quite get that yet. So let's be, let's be merciful on them. I hope you guys know my humor, right? I'm joking. They rejoiced, right? They were excited because this was the, they knew this was, this was not normal. They traveled for a long way and now here's confirmation. Here's the child. Here he is. They can't hold back the joy of the Lord. They're coming to know him. They're also, then, by the way, do you guys know that, uh, the, the guy in the Old Testament numbers, um, the false prophet Balaam, when he went to curse the children of Israel, you know, he prophesied, right? God turned the curse into a blessing. And, and, and you guys know that he prophesied about the Messiah coming. And he said, I see a star rising in Jacob. It's believed that they, they came across that same prophecy. But this guy Balaam was kind of like a magi also. Just throwing that out there. So, so God was reaching them where they were, right? All right. But here we go. Verse number. See, I got so excited. I flipped the wrong, flipped the wrong page. Here we go. Verse number 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Verse 11, here it is. And when they came into the house, into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, fell down and worshipped. Worshipped is what Jesus also wants. Jesus, this season, doesn't just want your witness. He wants your worship. He wants your worship. Now, if you're not that religious and you're here, uh, you can go to the next slide, Teddy. If you're not that religious and you're here, welcome, right? Uh, if you are used to coming into a worship setting, then you go, oh, yeah, I get that. Worship, hands raised, maybe not. Sing, listen, you know, stand, sit. I saw some of you guys earlier weren't sure whether you could sit, stand, you know, that kind of, I don't know, what are we doing right now? It's okay. Sometimes it happens to me. Don't worry about it. Okay. But some people want to hear this. God wants my worship. What do you mean? Is he an egotistical control freak up in the clouds? Why does he just want people to worship him all the time? Do you guys understand the word worship comes from uh, the root word there is, is communicating to ascribe worth to. Not just any kind of worth. To subscribe supreme worth and value to someone or something. You get even deeper in the Hebrew context, worship is connotating, here it is, worship means I love, and I love you supremely, and, and I value you supremely. You have ultimate worth in my life, 
And therefore, I can't keep back the joy. I can't keep back the praise. I can't keep back the obedience. I can't keep back the telling the story of who you are because you're just so good. Look how much you've loved me. Calvary. When I was going through, you can, I, I can just pass the mic around here, right? You can testify about how good God's been to you. Worship just is the response when someone has encountered the baby. You, you don't need a, people to coax you into it. All right? You've had an encounter with him, and therefore, if you know him, you can't help but give that response. The Bible says that they fell down and worshiped. They prostrated. You know how undignified it was for them to do that in such a poor town, number one, before a yes, they understood this baby was worthy of worship. But do you guys understand that, that just from outward appearance, it looked very weird for these ambassadors these significant government officials to come from afar, go into this small little itty-bitty town, and when they see this little baby in this poor little house over here in the corner, they get down and they just say, Lord, thank you. You know how far we came for this one moment? I don't know how long they were there, but as long as they were there, they said, here he is. Thank you all, all that we've been studying, all that we've been doing to get here to this one moment, this one encounter. I can't keep it back. Maybe they lift one hand, one of them, that's the, his personality. Or one, one just cried and stood there. Or maybe they all just couldn't, they just laid there, they prostrate on the ground because they're in the presence of the king. I don't know what we're going to do when we get there in his immediate presence. Some people may do some things that they've never done before. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that when you've encountered Christ, you cannot help but worship him. As a matter of fact, the Bible says every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. So you might as well start now, however that looks like for you. But the Bible says we're going to acknowledge him. Matter of fact, they're going to say he's just, he's true. They may not believe that in their heart from their personal experience, but those that are lost, Revelation 20, right? Bible scholars, Bible students. But they're going to acknowledge his worth, even if it's just a confession from their lips about something that's true, not necessarily that they themselves have personally embraced and experienced. Worship is the natural response. What do you love the most? Really, because that's what you worship. What's, what's got your attention the most? What's, what's got your feelings the most. You can see it come out. If I spend 24 hours with you, I can tell you what you worship. And by the way, if you spend 24 hours with me, you can tell me what I worship. We were designed for worship. We all worship. The atheist worships, the agnostic worships, the Muslim worships, the Christian worships, the baby worships. Everybody worships. Everybody at any given moment is giving ultimate value and worth to someone or something. And if it's not Jesus, it's idolatry. It's spiritual adultery. And I, myself, have been guilty. I've often said, I'm going to get up in the morning, spend time with you, Jesus. Oh, how I love you. Let me just check my notifications on Facebook. Let me go over to Twitter. Oh, I got a response. That was the text, the scripture that I posted. But I'm, oh, wait, somebody just emailed me. Oh, wow, I got to check that. What is this person doing? And all of a sudden, I'm giving most of my time to something that's not God. See, it can even be good things. As long as it takes you away from Jesus. The devil doesn't mind that you come to church. Just don't focus on Jesus. Matter of fact, actually, that's 
That's actually his plan in the last days. He's going to work through people that go to church. So, so, so it's not just, just coming here, as good as it is, it's just, that's not the thing. Do you know him? Have you been at his feet worshiping during the week? When we come around this time of year, does, does your heart just kind of just get a little extra excited? Not, not just because of what you might get, people that may be coming into town, but, oh, we're going to hear the story again about, oh, man, I just can't wait. Just, oh, yeah, he came here. He was a baby. Really? God? Wow. Are you, where's the wonder? Where's the, you know what they say we lose that as we get older? We lose the wonder that children naturally have. And we just start to lose it. And, and sometimes we've got to tap back into it. Jesus said we've got to be as little children. Do you, do you st- are you still in awe at Jesus? Or is he just that milk that you want to get past so you can get to your prophecies and, and the health and diet and all the different types of reform? That all should be wrapped up in him, by the way. Is it about him? Because if it's not, you may find that you stay in Jerusalem and don't go down to Bethlehem. Somebody else will. Maybe they recognize their brokenness. Maybe they recognize they don't have it all together, but they will go. They are going. We should go too. Jesus wants one more thing. Your worship, yes, because he wants you to love him. We love him because he first loved us. You know? I mean, just look at Calvary. I just get in the habit of going to Calvary every day. Spend time with Jesus every day. No matter where you're reading, look for the cross. It's there. And, and, and go there and just go there in grace and gratitude. Thank you. Thank you, God. Get up in the morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Worship him every day. So when you come here, I, I have to say, hey, can, can you guys just be silent so I can preach? And then get out of the way so you can continue worshiping. Worship him every day. Let it come out of the overflow of your experience. But go back now. They're in the house. Notice it says house and not manger slash stable. Um, many times these mangers were attached to a house. It would have been uncustomary, even if they didn't have any room in an inn. Any room in a guest house is what, what it's saying. Don't think of Holiday Inn. They didn't have a guest house, okay? And even though they had them out there with the animals, do you think when the baby was born, uh, according to custom there, it would have been a dishonor in this high shame and honor cu- uh, culture to not provide the necessary um, uh, things needed for a successful delivery to a young possibly teenage girl. So it's very likely, though they stayed there, slept maybe there, baby was placed there on the hay when the shepherds came, it's very likely that they said, oh, you about to give birth, girl? Come on in here. Get in my, you can use my room. Clear the coffee table. Let's get this stuff together, okay? So they were in the house. Verse 11, and when they had come into the house, they saw the child. We just saw this, fell down and worshiped him. Now hear this. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Mm. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let's just finish up verse 12. Uh, Then being divinely warned in a dream uh, that they should not return to Herod, they departed their own way uh, to their own country, another way, possibly Babylon, possibly Persia. Do you think they were silent about what they experienced? No. I guarantee you they told people about what they experienced. You You cannot encounter Christ and not tell somebody about him. It's, it's, it's even characteristic with what, what happened there in Jerusalem. They went into Herod's territory. He's king. And they said, where is he that's been born king of the Jews? It's very likely they went back. They shared. Absolutely. They witnessed. Yes. 
the witness came out of, they, they, they had an experience. You witness because you're, you're worshiping him. You're, you're encountering him. You, you recognize his character, not just what he's done, but who he is. And you cannot help but worship, right? There's a connection. There's an experience with this Christ child. But, oh, Jesus wants something else this season's last thing. Jesus doesn't just want your witness. He doesn't just want your worship because he loves you. He wants you to love him back. Jesus, I love you. Jesus wants your wealth. Well, is when DJ needs to get the car and I need to head out. He wants your wealth. Let me tell you why. It's your, your wealth, meaning your money, your finances, your resources, reveal your worship, which reveals what you witness to. They're all connected. We can't separate them. It's not popular to talk in church about money. And money is not what we're talking about here in principle. We're still talking about worship. And I'm going to make a confession to you. You ready? Pastors, confess it. I make it my habit at this place in my walk with Jesus. I return faithfully a tithe and an offering. All right? I'm not bragging here. But something happened recently that, that, that I had to actually confess. We were in our small group on Thursday. I was sharing our grow group. And I was in, um, I actually first talked about it with my wife. Then I talked about it with the grow group. Something happened to me the other day, and it took me by surprise. I, I, when I get paid, I just first fruits, right? You just return it. Just give it back. Give it back to the Lord. And then you give out of your gratitude for what he's done, your offering, right? Well, the other day, I looked and I, I noticed, I looked at my statement. If you go into GatherNet, you can see, right, what your, your history of giving. And I went in there and I noticed, wait a minute. You mean I didn't return my tithe last month? That's strange. That's got to be an error. Pastor Cedar always returns his tithe. Come on. They need to go and check that record one more time. And so I said, well, you know what? I need to check my bank account, my bank statement, to make sure that there was no error. You know, that will reveal if the money came out or not, right? Why did it take me over a week to go and check that statement? Can I keep it real with you? Maybe you don't want an honest pastor, is it? No? I said, I said I'm, I'm going to get to it, Jesus. Oh, the baby's crying. Got to go take care of the baby. All oh, the people at the church, they need me. So-and-so got to go visit, got to call. You come back to me again. CJ, you, didn't, you know you didn't return that tithe. So, come on, Jesus. You know, how, you know how life gets. Jesus, come on. You were here. You know how busy your schedule got, your itinerary. I'm serving you. I, I know, CJ, but, you know, we, you've had some moments, and you took some time on, online. You could have done it. I said, all right. I went in there, I checked my bank account. It did not come out. I did not read, it was confirmed. Did not return my tithe. I forgot. Okay, look, God winks at our ignorance, right? If you didn't do something, I'm gonna hold you accountable for what you didn't know. Okay, God is good, he's gracious. But now that I did know, I had a responsibility which would reveal where my heart was. And I gotta be honest with you, I delayed for probably another two days. Why? What was it revealing? You see, I was holding on to something that did not belong to me. It wasn't mine. God says, yeah, return this, give this. You don't have to talk about money. Serve here, share here, take what I've given you. It's not yours, but I'm loaning it to you for the purpose of my glory. Does God need our wealth? No, he doesn't. God owns it all. 
It's already his. Matter of fact, he can do what he wants with it at any time. But there's something about participating with God. There's something about joining in what God values. You see, because your bank statement reveals what you really value. Your bank statement reveals what you really worship. And so what happens here is when you have encountered the living Christ, when they encountered baby Jesus, when they knew who he was, they brought three gifts. How many? Three gifts. Listen to this. Again, from this wonderful little book. They had symbolic meaning, but they had deeper meaning. Check this out. They brought these three gifts, uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? Okay, now listen to this. It is believed that the, sim- the symbolism that was here uh, within these gifts lets you know that they knew a little bit something, they knew a little something about this baby. It says here, they opened their treasures, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Some find these to be typological gifts, gold for the king of kings. Gold for the king of kings. Incense for the priest of priests. But listen to this last one. This one just takes you takes your breath away. Myrrh for the greatest of sacrificial lambs. Myrrh was used for the sacrifices, the lambs that were sacrificed. It's also true, read Desire of Ages, it confirms this, that, the, that what they, the treasures they gave Jesus supported him in his, in his flee. He was an immigrant. He was a refugee in Egypt. And so that supported, funded him based on his needs at the time for this whole mission of the plan of salvation. Hello. You see, what they were doing because they encountered the living Christ, they valued what he valued. And they wanted to give to him, and it supported the mission. Hello? You see, when you value Jesus, not just a denomination, not just this fund that we need to know. When you give to the cause of Christ, you give to Jesus. Matthew 25 talks about the last days. How are we ready? How do we know? It talks about spiritual things. We'll talk about that in January. But, but, but how do we get ready for Jesus? One of the things he talks about is, what did you do for the least of these? Because by doing it to them, you're doing it to me. They get that. And I needed heart surgery. And when the Lord confronted me about this, I realized, oh, Jesus, first of all, I'm so thankful for your grace. I give it back to you. It's yours. Oh, there was such peace and joy when I finally returned back to him what was his. There was so much peace and joy when in addition to that, I said, oh, come on, God, you've been so good to me. I got a little holiday blessing recently, a little small one. I said, God, here you go, bam. And I just gave him an amount based on how I was blessed. There was joy there. I felt like I was contributing to what Jesus is passionate about in these last days, and that's bringing people to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ through the gospel. There's many different causes, not just the local congregation. There's many different causes that we can give that are meaningful ways to give and bless other people in the name of Jesus. But Jesus says when you do this, you reveal really and truly how much you truly value me. Three things that Jesus wants. What's your witness? Your witness flows out of your relationship with him, which, which comes in the form of, it, it results in the form of worship, right? I, I ascribe worth to you. Everything in my life ascribes worth to you, not just in the lifting of hands and clapping and singing. Everything in my life worships you. And then also he wants your wealth. This was all taking place in this story of the birth of Jesus right after with these 
three wise men, but I want to ask you, are there some wise men and women in the house today? Remember, there's this story about those that were ready. There was the wise virgins, right? Matthew 25. And there were the foolish ones, right? Are we going to find some wise men and women in the house today? Remember, they came for him. They were witnessing to him. They were worshiping him. And they were giving to him. Not because the pastor got up and said, hey, 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 whoa, here's my story. And look, I'm going to put this guilt trip on you. So you better pass that plate again. Absolutely not. No, family. Absolutely. Jesus doesn't even, Jesus even desire that type of giving. You know what he wants? A cheerful giver. A cheerful, joyful worshiper. Someone that witnesses because they're in love. I can tell you about our president. I've never met him. When you've met Jesus, you can't help but witness to him. Can't help but tell about his story because you love him. Nobody has to tell me to tell other people about my wife come our anniversary or any other special day. I can't help but talk about my children. I love them. I experience them every day. This is not just a story that happened over 2,000 years ago continual story that's happening today. Christ wants to be birthed in you. Thank you for listening to Living for Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend His reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.